You have queued up the Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation recorded at the New York City Concert Hall, Roulette. You can hear thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's past and present and find news of upcoming events celebrating innovation and imagination at roulette.org. Aren't you curious? In this edition, we investigate the work of British guitarist Derek Bailey, whose standing in the world of free improvisation is significant both for the unpredictable music and for his advocacy and global influence. We'll hear projects with downtown musicians recorded at Roulette between 1986 and 1999, with commentary by musician, professor, author, David Grubbs. Derek Bailey will be honored with three Nights of Improvisation, organized by John Zorn, at Roulette, January 19th through 21st, 2023. This is Derek Bailey.
Hi, I'm David Grubbs. I'm a musician and I'm a professor at Brooklyn College in the CUNY Graduate Center. And I've been invited in to talk a little bit about Derek Bailey and also about recordings of Derek Bailey's in the Roulette Archive. I'm a guitarist, so Bailey's work is definitely of interest to me in that regard. I grew up playing in rock bands and punk bands and kind of came to improvise music through that path. Gradually, improvisation became more a part of my practice. As a writer and as a professor, I'm a professor of music. The first book that I wrote is a book called Records Ruin the Landscape, John Cage, The 60s and Sound Recording. And one of the basic ideas of the book is that most new genres or new ways of making music in the 1960s in experimental and avant-garde music were predicated on the fact that these were types of music that couldn't adequately be represented as a sound recording. So various kinds of indeterminate musics, long duration minimalism, text scores, happenings, live electronic music, and importantly, uh, free improvisation were types of music that their creators in the day in the 1960s felt that in some way like a mark of the radicality of, of these musics was that it couldn't adequately be represented on two sides of an LP. John Cage was an important person sort of uh, setting the standard for the discourse, having an extremely ambivalent and complicated and sometimes quixotic and very funny relation to sound recording, being very disdainful of it while also taking a lot of care with recordings, both as a performer and supervising recording sessions. Derek Bailey has had a similar kind of ambivalence. On the one hand, he described himself as somebody who in his lifetime purchased maybe fewer than a half a dozen records, even as he played on, I mean, certainly more than a hundred full albums. And in 1970, he and Evan Parker and Tony Oxley started what's frequently described as the first artist-run record label in the UK, Incas Records. Derek Bailey's background came up as a jazz guitar player in the, in the 50s and early 1960s in Sheffield. He starts playing in a more free setting uh, with a trio with Tony Oxley and Gavin Bryars called Joseph Holbrook in the mid-1960s. Moves to London in 1966, 
where he begins playing with people like Paul Rutherford, Evan Parker, John Stevens, and he becomes really kind of a linchpin for this scene of free improvisation in London. There's a hilarious piece that appeared in The Wire magazine. It was one of the invisible jukebox tests, right? So a musician, without being told the names of the artists or the titles of the pieces, has played a dozen or more pieces. And I think that Bailey was played 13 pieces, and he went zero for 13 in identifying them. And it seems utterly performative because, I mean, some of the things that he's played are the flamenco guitarist Paco Pena, who's a big fan of, Webern, Max Roach, things like that, that you kind of can't imagine that he's not actually able to identify these. But it becomes a soapbox for him to, to say, like, all of these sound the same, they're just recordings. So anyway, I, I was interested in that ambivalence uh, or wobble between his kind of hilarious and, and performative taking the stand as, as a prime witness against the, the significance of recordings and as somebody who was recorded uh, as widely as he was. Derek Bailey's style as a guitarist, I would say that he is uh, an instantly recognizable figure, instantly recognizable by his sound and his vocabulary. In a moment where guitarists were looking to prepare the instrument, expand the instrument, reinvent the instrument physically, develop extended techniques, I don't think any of those really apply to, to Derek's work. So he played acoustic guitar, or he played electric guitar. And if he played electric guitar, he played a a large hollow body guitar that sounded not so dissimilar from the acoustic guitar. I mean, with the electric guitar, the volume pedal becomes very important for him. So his, I mean, the vocabulary, what's it based on? So it's based on a kind of phenomenal, unique understanding of the possibilities of playing harmonics on, on the guitar. Bailey seems to be able to bring out the strangest, most unlikely harmonics, but with incredible control of producing this bell-like ensemble of harmonic sounds. He relies on what come to seem like familiar large chords, very, very complex, dissonant, stacked intervals. And he's also just known in ensemble playing for a high, high degree of autonomy. Right. Eddie P- 
Cravo from the band AMM said something along the lines of, you know, with with Derek, collaboration in, in improvisation consists based, basically of his agreeing to play. I would say that he's one of the most rewarding of solo improvisers. And I, I mean, for myself as a listener, I'd put him in a category with Cecil Taylor and a few other people. In the duo improvisations, and I'm thinking of a recording with Carlos Singaro that's in the Roulette Archive, you get the sense of the ways in which as a musician he relates to other performers through means other than, for example, harmonic development or harmonic relation to other performers through means other than rhythmic qualities of his playing. I tend to think of things like the density of his playing, the, the tempo or the, or the speed of his playing, that there's yeah a sense of his relation to other performers that is certainly unique am- among guitarists. And, uh, and as I say, bes- bespeaks a high degree of autonomy, like a, a really strong center of gravity of his own playing. It takes a lot to throw him off balance. And yes, so, so somehow solo and, and duo are among my favorite settings for, for Derek. Thank you. 
the company model that John Zorn is thinking about and alluding to with these three concerts in January at Roulette, it really owes everything to Derek. So Derek is the person who organized company weeks in London. There's a kind of scramble or round robin of, of players. And I think it's just meaningful to see people in a short span of time in a vast number of performing combinations. Company was significant also just for the range of types of performers. Will Gaines, who was a tap dancer, people who, you know, among the most refined musicians, Steve Lacey or or Evan Parker or people like that. But I think that that was Derek's relation to improvisation generally, that that it could be the most refined kind of practice representing years and decades of study, right? And and Derek was uh, known as a, as an obsessive practicer who was happiest uh, playing at home, uh, as well as the fact that, uh, as he says in, in the book Improvisation, improvisation is also practiced by children. I mean, it's really practiced by everyone. And company was a kind of, of gathering that made that central to its mission. The other recording of Derek's from the Roulette Archive that I, that I listened to this week is a quintet from 1999 with Derek, John Zorn, Mori, Ciro Baptiste, and Jim Staley. And it's a very company-like uh, grouping of people. So the, I mean, the first thing that really sticks out to me is that it's very exciting to hear the Brazilian percussionist Ciro Baptiste together with Mori. Who's playing laptop and sort of decon- deconstructed electronic percussion? But it's fantastic hearing the two of them together. Staley and Zorn kind of come up, come across as a bit of a subgrouping, right, with, within the quintet. And the, and then there's Derek, a bit as the odd person out, right? Odd, like in odd, odd and even numbers of players. An interesting thing about that recording, and something that really surprised me, and that I felt in a strange way was very of its moment even though the moment is not so long ago it's a little more than 20 years ago so they play short pieces and again i think that that's a mark of the of the importance of company and and company week its influence spread not only to other kinds of festivals or programming of musicians but also the way that improvising groups organize themselves even over the course of a single concert. Thank you. 
Something that clearly feeds into people's perceptions of, of Derek's music is the book Improvisation, Its Nature and Practice in Music, which was also realized as a series for the BBC. So the, the book really spans uh, about two decades. So he started doing interviews for the book in the early 1970s. The first edition is published in 1980, and there's a revised edition in 1992. And one of the things that he really revises in the 1992 version and perhaps revises insufficiently or, you know, the most notorious thing about the the first edition of improvisation is this notion of non-idiomatic improvisation, that somehow free improvisation of the sort practiced by British and, and largely European musicians in the late 1960s and 1970s were somehow free of history, free of idiomatic reference, when clearly so many of the players came out of a jazz background and were so indebted particularly to, to African-American musics. George Lewis, is, who per, has performed quite a bit with, with Derek, is the person who I think most forcefully and most eloquently called him out on this and spoke about the significance of erasure or exnomination of you know of ridding oneself of one's influences and and George has written a lot about in an aphrological tradition tradition itself and acknowledgement of, of the history of the music is crucial to all kinds of forward-looking music as well in rereading the book recently, one of the things that really stood out in the present moment that in earlier readings I hadn't thought about so much was this idea that comes from a conversation that Derek has in the book with Anthony Pay, who's a clarinetist, and he's talking about playing a Stockhausen text score. And in the conversation, Derek says, quote, one of the things which quickly becomes apparent in any improvising is that one spends very little time looking for new things to play. The instinctive choice as well as the calculated choice is usually for tried material. Improvisation is hardly ever deliberately experimental. When the new arrives, if it arrives, it appears to come of its own accord. And I, I think this is a great idea, that it's really not the search for the new, right? Perhaps uh, that, you know, that happens in practicing or, you know, in familiarizing oneself with an instrument. But that kind of like popping the bubble of a potential grandiosity in, in speaking of the radicality or the, of the newness of improvised music is completely characteristic and of a piece and, you know, beautifully brilliant of Derek's. Thank you. 
Free Improvisation Sets by guitarist Derek Bailey, 1930 to 2005. Recorded with downtown New York musicians between 1986 and 1999, with commentary by David Grubbs. The full concerts can be heard in the Roulette online archive. These recordings have been preserved with support from the National Endowment for the Arts and Grammy Museum. This is David Weinstein at the desk. My co-producer is Susan James. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to The Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation. This series is produced by Roulette Intermedium. You can find thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's archives and news of upcoming events at roulette.org. (laughs) 